The primary election is almost here. Vote centers will be open May 7th from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Make your vote count. Visit vote.indy.gov for more information. This message was paid for by the Marion County Election Board. Previously on The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Yeah, it's a Friday. Thanks for waking up with us. Andy Sweeney, Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton hanging out with you until 10, o'clock, uh, 10 o'clock. Greg Rakestraw will join us uh, in the 8 o'clock hour. Cannot wait uh, to talk with him. Uh, I had met him years ago. Saw him in the elevator the other day. We had a eight-second conversation as he was writing to, to, to probably record something or do something, but he's a very he's busy man. doing something. He was in the studio till probably 2 a.m. last well, night. Well, I know. I didn't think he was going to be able to uh, join us today, so we're very thankful. He's a warrior. Uh, that's what he is. He's a sports talk radio warrior, so we appreciate him. Uh, we have the five-word headline. We're going to do that later on in the show, and then as well, around 8.30 or so, I want to look at Stephen Holder of ESPN uh, and Kevin Bowen right here of The Fan and see where you guys differ. Now, I'm just doing a quick look here, and it looks like offensive line, you got a guy or two. So, uh, everything else looks about the way it needs to look. You and Holder in lockstep, but right now I'm looking at offensive line, and so we shall see what happens there. Uh, I want to ask you guys this. Did you see two things? Did you see, or I guess three things as we look at the Jonathan Taylor stuff? And again, 239-1070 if you want to get in on any of the action as we talk about the Colts, Anthony Richardson, the starters playing a half. I was disappointed. Disappointed in Josh Downs dropping that pass yeah, last that night, great, which we you know, can get to. That was an on, on target yeah, ball. And that, it, honestly, that's the first ball I've seen Josh Downs drop since he became a Colts. I thought it was a bad pass because I'm like, Downs ain't going to miss that, but he did. Yeah. So we can dive into that as well. Uh, one thing that I just wanted to throw out there with the Jonathan Taylor stuff, or just a few things. Uh, was Jonathan Taylor there last night? Uh, I mean, I did not see anywhere on the broadcast where they did you know, the picture on Jonathan Taylor for two minutes. I mean, he's one of the biggest stories right now in in the NFL when you're doing an Eagles and Colts game uh, he is the biggest story and then there was a small part of me uh, that was watching last night and you know obviously we led today KB with the conversation around Anthony Richardson his elusiveness uh, not being sacked making something out of nothing uh, and I didn't think we saw I, I thought at times last night we saw uh, them get pass happy you know maybe not wanting to see him get hit in the in the regular season against Jacksonville game one uh, that might be a lot different but I did kind of think and I'm sure Colts fans out there were dreaming you had to just a little bit what if JT is in this offense right and we've been doing that and we've been saying that all offseason but we really haven't seen Steichen kind of open the playbook up and, and, and you know kind of get a lot from Anthony Richardson and so he's kind of fantasizing last night okay here's a little bit more of what AR can do add Jonathan Taylor to that and suddenly you have an offense that's really good but obviously we know what that story may look like over the next couple days. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor and shout out to Nate Atkins who again boots on the ground in Philadelphia for this. He was in the building uh, Nate I believe said that he was first one to shower and head to the bus after the game so um, Amazon. <laughs> you need to shower there? Yeah, I was going to well it was probably yeah. hot sitting on the sidelines. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even know if he was sweat a lot more. 
Say it again. You sweat a lot more in the hoodie. Yeah. When, yeah, you, when you're wearing workout gear in the middle of summer. Cutting weight to make you know a wrestling class here. Uh, Amazon never found them, to your point. At least I didn't. I, I never saw them show them. Uh, they showed Jason Kelsey and Chris Bauer a whole lot, but never saw uh, Jonathan Taylor there. Um, so I don't know exactly where he was in game. I, I think the latest. Well, let's start here. To the point you just brought up, I wrote that last night at 1075thefan.com. Whether it was the Buffalo game, whether it was yesterday, and I even go back to the preseason practices, the Colts run a very college-looking offense. Amazon threw up the stats last night of how much Anthony Richardson was in the shotgun at Florida. You're going to see him in the shotgun a ton. The Colts use the up-tempo, no-huddle stuff. They did that so much in training camp. I'm almost surprised they've they've shown as much as they have here in the preseason games. Basically, you get a very different-looking rushing offense than what we're used to. Probably what Jonathan Taylor is used to from his days at Wisconsin and his early years in the NFL. But what I see, whether it's Evan Hall or Deion Jackson, I see lanes. And I see guys getting what's blocked. I don't see guys getting what could possibly be there with right. an elite it, runner. If like, there's four yards, they get four yards. Yeah, right. That's and, fair. And I, again, I'm seeing creases, and Richardson certainly impacts that without question. The presence of him, it freezes the defense, it forces a defender or multiple defenders to think about him with the ball. So yes, to your point, Andy, I could not agree more. I have thought about what would a home run hitter look like next to Richardson and not just a guy. And, and that's what the Colts have right now at running back. On the Taylor trade update. Barry Jackson, who covers the Dolphins and has done it for over three decades for the Miami Herald, he's been on this story a lot from the Miami side of it. Um, He reported last night that, um, again, Miami has made an offer and that currently the other teams potentially interested in Taylor, uh, the Denver Broncos and the Chicago Bears, uh, he added that one other team has made a serious offer offer to acquire Taylor. Um, you know, from a bear standpoint, again, the Matt Eberflus connection is there. I think a little bit of surprise comes from the, you know, you let David Montgomery go like, you know, how much have they valued running back? Denver, we've brought this up before. I mean, you would think Sean Payton and Russell Wilson view this as let's go right away. I mean, we, we're in a loaded division. We've got to do something here. Um, so thoughts, Bears, Broncos related. Just don't give up that Panthers pick if you're the Bears. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, you want to get Jonathan Taylor? Go ahead. Keep that Panthers pick with yourself. I, I mean, I, well, I said Chicago at the very so beginning. Chicago's just because first, they, right? Do they have anything else, Mark? Yeah, they just have Let something to up. prove, right? I mean, Chicago, they, they, they make sense because they have something to prove, whether it be the organization, the head coach, the general manager, and obviously Justin Fields, and you have a chance to get a guy. Let me ask you this. Real quick, the Bears have two firsts next year, a second, a third, two fourths, I mean, there a it fifth, is. and a sixth. Yeah, so they got yeah. plenty of ammo. I, I mean, when you talk about it, yeah, having those fourth picks, if you want to even swing the deal there, I mean, that's something to talk about. When we come in here on Monday at 7 a.m., will Jonathan Taylor be a Colt? Be a Colt and want to be a Colt, I think, are two different things. But will, will, yeah, he, will he be I, here? I, you know, deadlines spur action. I'm such a believer of that, so I... It's a it's, great question. It's I, a I, difficult I, one. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. I, I still think... Just because you might get to 4 o'clock. I will say he is still a Colt, but again, I don't say that's a lot of confidence. I just want to answer the question, so it doesn't seem like I'm <laughs> running away from it. But is there an element and of this, Sandy? Can the situation play out as is here in 2023? And by that, I mean this. 
can you have this relationship be that Jonathan Taylor makes $4 million this year and plays out the final year of his rookie deal? And I know there's a, probably a large chunk of the audience out there that says, hell yeah, you signed the contract, play it out, man. But clearly, and you know, the, I think the common thing I've said over the last few weeks, these two sides are so far apart. They are so far apart with where they're at right now from a what each side agrees upon, common ground, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that it might be the question that we have to get to. And maybe we, we should wait till Tuesday at four, but do you need to do something before week one to get Jonathan Taylor somewhat feeling more respected, happier, however you want to talk about it? Because you've got cap space. That, that, that is of no issue whatsoever here. Um, but does that need to happen if he's going to play for you? And then again... Well, can he be know? on your team, KB? I mean, you're right. right. You, you, you've that's been, what I'm saying. Yeah, like, do you want this sort of disgruntled distraction, however you want to call it? Do you want that here? Uh, that, I think, is a very fair question. And then again, you know, tonight, tomorrow night, do we see other injuries around the league pop up? I mean, obviously, to the Colts last night, it was their backup center. So, you know, it's not the household. But... You know, when Michael Pittman went down, that's probably ho- holding your breath for, yeah. for for a little bit. If that happens to a marquee running back tonight or tomorrow, how does that change the market for what's out there for Taylor? Yeah, and I'm not sure there's going to be too many marquee guys running the football in preseason uh, week three, right? I mean, that that would be the thing. It would almost be, hey, did, Miami, hey, did something happen in practice? Wilson goes yeah, down. Jeff you Wilson know? goes down, and they have a lot of, you know, they have a lot of does Miami a lot of C plus B minus guys not being paid a lot who are good play, like who are fine players who are NFL guys. You know, me and Mark. We'll be picking the you know, Jeff Wilson up on the waiver wire week eight or whatever it is. You know, one thing I had down today, two three uh, two three nine ten seventy, is I, I am interested in how you're going to react to this because I believe the majority of the fan base is like, okay, Taylor's going to be back. I mean, at some point he's going to be playing for my favorite team, right? Like at some point the twenty eight's going to be out there, and you start envisioning when you have this new offense, when you have a running off offense when you have Anthony Richardson combined with Jonathan Taylor but that also would it would you I feel like it's not a 10 commandment you have one commandment with this if you're not going to extend him which thou right now not th- thou shall get a third round pick or thou shall gotcha, get something okay. right. I mean that would mark Tuesday at four o'clock KB it would mark that they did not do that that they left picks on the board well, and we're I mean, not going to know if they're going to extend or not or just play this out yeah. and then get ready for the battle next season I mean, clearly if you base off the reports that are out there they have turned down or at least they've left offers sitting there as of now and it, there's no urgency to do this today hey, i don't think anything's going to change no. necessarily between today and monday for example again i would wait to see these final preseason games play out um going back to richardson from from last night matt matt brought this up earlier and I think it's a very fair point. Matt goes, well, I would agree that Richardson's legs are a refreshing change of pace. They won't provide sustained success. His accuracy has to improve if he and the team want to have real success. And he points to 6 of 17 last night. You look at the preseason stats, Andy, for Anthony Richardson. 13 of 29. That is 44%. That is just, let's just strictly go off the numbers. That is a horrific completion percentage. Mm The number that I point to that's a little bit more of a, this has got to get better, and I think for the most part, the NFL world is now 
you know, realize that a lot of teams use this number as a key passing metric. I go to the yards per attempt, and I hope I'm not numbering nerding out here too, too much. But 13 of 29 for 153 yards, that is a 5.2 yards per attempt. That would be one of, if not the worst number in the NFL from last year. So I bring that up to say this, 44% obviously has got to climb. Because you look at the opening series last night, should Quentin Nelson have back-to-back penalties? Absolutely not. But you were in a third and ten. Mm-hmm. When you're in a third and ten, you expose your offensive line. You put them in an awful situation. There was a second and ten ball that Richardson should have completed. If you complete that ball, now it's third and four, and the playbook is much more open. I point to that yards per attempt number to say this. If you can have a 28-yard completion, a 33-yard completion, and I know those are big numbers, but if you can slide a few of those into a 55 60% passer, you can live with that, but you can't live with 44% and the 5.2 yards per attempt. It goes back to the old Adam Dunn analogy that I've made. I don't even know if it's a good one or not. <laughs> the Adam but, Dunn analogy. Let's Now I've not heard this. Uh, you can Adam Dunn would be one for four. He hit one ball into the Ohio River. He'd have yeah. three strikeouts and he'd throw his bat in the crowd on two of those strikeouts. <laughs> you, you can't have the bat in the crowd strikeouts. You need a couple balls in play. Like he you watch Ellie De La Cruz. If he gets a ball in play, you've at least put pressure on the defense right. to make. You got to make the other team play baseball. Yeah, when you're throwing the air mails or you're throwing balls that aren't even on target, you not you aren't even forcing the defense to play defense. So that's where I'm I'm at with Richardson. Of you got to find a home run or two, and he had it week one. Pierce just dropped it. Those are the plays you have to have to kind of offset some of those other issues. I hope that. Makes no, sense. I like the Adam Dunn analogy. Mark, how long has it been since uh, since he's used the Adam Dunn uh, analogy? A couple months now. I think that it was like his summer slogan. I that, think. that was a summer slogan? Yeah. Okay. W- would that be Kyle Schwarber today? <laughs> no, Schwarber's nah, more he's consistent better. than that. He's better, right? He's, he's I, I, that. A is, buddy of mine is he not better? The, the uh. Kyle Schwarber baseball card. Mark, please look this up. Kyle Schwarber's batting average. All right, I'm looking at it right now. Right now. Uh, hang on. Give me, uh, give me a second. Kyle Schwarber ESPN. Let's type that in. Let's stop everything uh he's hitting what do you wait hang what do you think he's hitting because well, okay. i have it up in front of me what do you guys think he's hitting I, I, it's I, worse than i thought i know what it is oh you and, know what and, it and is let's just say this it doesn't sniff the weight of donald trump it's right. <laughs> it's 184 like, yeah, it's like me in college weight right there yeah 184 <laughs> 184 184 batting average. 34 home runs 81 rbis a 772 ops <laughs> what 184 Indiana's finest. Richardson can't have that. <laughs> no, you know well, you got to be. I, I would agree with you. You got to be a two twenty five hit or something like well, that. Well, that's what Steichen like. We talked about so much why I believe in Anthony Richardson. Okay, one of the reasons is Steichen. If he's a good coach, and if Anthony Richardson is who you know a lot of people think he is, you can clean that up, right? I mean, that's a very basic thing. Being able to clean that up enough. And that fits into your narrative of then you hit some of these home run balls. I mean, listen, Alec Pierce is one of them, and that you know. Yeah, they, I, but I, I mean, need they, see more out of Pierce. They haven't. I agree. They have not. They haven't let his arm loose. And and I think as well that went into some of the stats last night. And this could be me carrying weight for Anthony Richardson and company. Is you know they tried different things when they went out there for a couple possessions, KB, and they're throwing the ball three straight times. That's not going to be what they're good sure, at, right? Sure. You're obviously going to scheme up. 
up exactly some, like, easy. Well, some read, but they're throws. also going to have some read option in there, oh, right? Yeah. Like we're going to see them do things in the running game that we didn't see last night. No, when they went pass, pass, pass. When they went pass happy, that's not going to be where Anthony Richardson, at least early on in this season, is going to have success. Well, let's go back to the opening series. The first play of the game is a deep shot to Pierce. And, you know, whatever. Which is fine. Well, I'm fine with that. Yeah, sure. Take a shot. Overthrown. Okay, so now it's second and ten. And after that, you know, 90% of NFL playbooks are going to say, or play callers are going to say, second and ten, we just need to get into third and manual. So they tried that. It was a very simple, uh, you know, pass and catch, or at least was supposed to be that. And Richardson misses it. So then you get to third and ten, and obviously your all-pro should not have back-to-back penalties by any means. But all hell breaks loose with with that. So, um those are the things where you, you just have got to hit a. You can't have the backwards K every time. You, you got to have a couple of balls that are in play so you somewhat give yourself a chance. Now, again, how do you respond from the three and out? How do you respond from the ugly opening drive? You come back with back to back 50 yard plus touchdown drives. You get the field goal drive after that. Um, again, it's Philly's backups, but. Um, I thought his ability to create, his ability to lead some scoring drives, those are all really nice positives. Two, three, nine, ten, seventy. We can go the phone lines here in just a second. I think we have a couple over there. The phone line's over by KB, so I can't see anything. Joey uh, Gallo, by the way, people are using as a comp instead of <laughs> Kyle Schorber. Like that's actually pretty good. What, what, what's Gallo bad? I mean, yeah, what but Joey Gallo's a bum. Gallo is, he doesn't have the thirty-four home runs though. No, Gallo is one eighty, twenty home runs, thirty-eight RBIs, and yeah. a seven fifty-one OPS. So he he's right up there where he hits a couple. <laughs> dingers and that's it. Yeah, good Brian Cashman pickup last year. Joey Gallo eating even more money. I'll say this before and we can take some calls and I know there's a bunch going on. Uh, Greg Rakesraw going to join us here at the top of the hour here on the fan. You know, for me, I'm uh, for for this team and, and I, you, you guys I probably feel this way. You know, the, the Colts obviously are going to want to stay in games and they're not the most talented team and they're behind the eight ball especially without Jonathan Taylor but you can't miss a tackle on special teams to begin the game, right? I mean, that's first and yeah. 10 at the 15-yard line. And when you when you may not be a great team or we're looking at a five-win team or a six-win team KB or something like that, it's little things like that that magnify everything. You put, I mean, I mean instead of instead of first and 10 at the 15... As a 60-yard missed tackle. Yeah, I mean, it's a 60-yard missed tackle. Suddenly now the defense is behind the eight ball. And if you're in these games against good teams, you spotted them seven points, right? I mean, you spotted the Eagles uh, seven points. You had an opportunity to get, to get an interception. Um, what Dallas Flowers, I believe, had a chance to get a pick. You didn't get that. And listen, we've done a lot of positive, but that that is something. They Now, they responded well. I, I'm not poo-pooing them responding well, but you don't want to be down 7 nothing in these games. Well, and you would like to see your starting defense against Marcus Mariota and a backup offense hold them to three there, too. I don't think yeah, that's they had a 39, too high they converted of a bar it. to set. A couple third down conversions yeah. to have that opening drive touchdown. And we, we, we haven't talked about the defense, so I guess let's just toss this in here, Andy. Uh, starting defense on the field for six series in the preseason. Uh, to be fair, and you just brought up one of the instances, the Anthony Richardson interception being the other one against Buffalo, they were thrown into some not great field position situations by any means. They gave up scores on four of the six drives they were out there. So, you know, again, and that's all backups. They were facing you know, starting defense on the field for six series, facing backups in each of those. You would like to see more from that unit, especially that defensive line. Like you're going to tell me, 
you're going to face an entire second unit offensive line and you've got your you know, multiple first-round picks, big free agent deals in your D-line. I would have liked to have seen them play make a little bit more. I thought they did a nice job against the run, but a little bit more from getting after the quarterback and and that end. Um, so those are, I think, some defensive areas that maybe uh, don't get a ton of attention. To your special teams point, and it's understandable, but special teams coordinator Bubba Ventrone is gone from last season. Mm-hmm. He was a guy that the staff, um, I think there was interest in retaining him. He certainly was a name that was brought up as interim head coach possibility before they brought a guy out of a TV booth to coach this team. Uh, you know, that loss, I know it's not top six, top seven storyline that we've talked about, but do we see that throughout the course of the season? Uh, Terrence, want to talk some Richardson, Mark? Mm-hmm. Terrence, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm just fine. Um, I I just want to say real quick, man. Um, I'm hearing the like Mike Tannen bombs on ESPN talking about uh, let him sit behind Minshew this, sit behind Minshew that. I mean, um, people, you know that that makes me mad because you're not, you're not going to learn anything by sitting. It's like. You, you, you want to be a better cook. You, you're not going to be a better cook if you're standing there looking like a freaking idiot watching somebody else cook. You got you, you got to. You, you can read all the cookbooks you want. It's not going to make you any better. You have to go in there by doing. If he makes mistakes, he's going to make mistakes. Let him make them now. He was he was more electric in these uh, 70 yards he threw and the 38 yards he ran. He was more electric and more exciting and, and caused more excitement in two in two quarters than all of last season. Oh, oh that uh, question. I mean, pe- yeah. pe- pe- people, people have to. T- Thank you, Terrence. Appreciate it. I, I think we've—I don't know. I don't want to speak for you, Andy, but I've certainly been on board of Aunt Richardson plays, and he plays right away. And There's a reason why Mike Tannenbaum's a former I, GM. Yeah, right I've away. never been a big Tannenbaum guy. <laughs> He's got to be in those Who is moments. Who Tannenbaum where it's like, guy? All right, you've got to complete those throws. And I, mean, I think there's on. this misconception no, no too one wants of to like play what happens in an NFL practice for your backup quarterback. They're probably running the scout team. So it's not like they're running even your own offense in those practice settings at, at all. You're practicing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, very light, especially as you get later into the week. It's not like you've got these four grueling days of practice and you're running the Colts offense, this and that. Yeah, Richardson's going to play. And I think this storyline's kind of a moot point, right? I mean, Richardson's going to play. So Tannenbaum, uh, yeah, I don't know why he's even bringing that up. Richardson's starting on September 10th, and he's going to play and play a lot. I mean, there's no one in the NFL who's thinking, okay, we got to get Gardner Minshew in here, and the entire thing of Anthony Richardson's going to sit four games. I agree with Terrence. He used to cook. I can use sports talk radio. If I'm sitting here, uh, and Jake was still in this seat, and it's like, okay, learn how to be a radio host by going in and just listening to other people. Yes, that only, that gets you so far, but eventually you got to sit down in the seat. You got to crack a uh, microphone open. You yeah, got to go with it. See the red light come on. Yeah, you got to see the red light come on. Let's go. You know, there was uh, on the second drive last night, Richardson um, on that touchdown drive, he completed back to back passes to Michael Pittman and, and uh, Drew Ogletree over the middle. Ogletree had a nice kind of catch and run after that play. Those were two plays, Andy, that for anybody that went out to Grand Park or really have even watched Richardson in the preseason, those are throws 
that are not often on target, let alone in positions where they're in stride. Both of those guys, Pittman and, and Ogletree on those plays, they could do something after mm-hmm. the catch. And they did. And, and yeah. those are plays that I think you really have to pinpoint of. The ball's over the middle, the ones that are in tighter windows. He is a beautiful natural thrower of the ball down the field. That is of no question. I mean, he is at his best when you're trying to hit something deep, particularly near the sidelines, outside the numbers. It's those throws over the middle where it's almost hold your breath. And that's why the Josh Downs ball that you, that you brought up was such a great ball and you almost thought to yourself, there's no way that he dropped that because... Right, I thought down. it was a bad pass. I, and then, yeah. they, then they showed and Josh Downs absolutely dropped it. So, you know, again, those are the areas where when it's underneath stuff, when it's... And when I say underneath, you know, the 5 to 10 yard balls, those sorts of quick rhythm throws, um, that was a huge step forward. And again, getting more consistent in that area is of big time importance. Uh, on the other side, Greg Rakestraw is going to join us. Andy wants to get into it. It's a little compare of me and Stephen Holder here. Yeah, we can do that All later. Right. We can do that later on. I mean, it's really not that different. It's a fancy way to set you up uh, where we can talk about the 53-man <laughs> roster. That's really what and, it is. That's really what it is. And unfortunately, I think we did see one injury ramification to that. So we'll touch on that from last night. Greg Rakestraw on the other side. It is the wake-up call here with KB and Andy, 93 Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wake up call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Been a good first week of shows. Appreciate you guys having me. KB, Mark, appreciate you guys having me. Been a fun week. Of course, outstanding. Been a fun week. Been uh, fun reacting to the game last night. You heard this man on the post game. Greg Rakeshaw joins us. I almost feel bad we're having him on. I I mean, I do too. What what time did you, Greg, uh, first of all, thank you for joining us after a late night last night and early morning. Uh, Why the hell are you on with us this morning at 8.02? What's going on, man? Are you crazy? What's happening? First of all, Mark Dykton kindly texted me yesterday and said, what time would you like to do? And I said, 8 a.m. And the reason being is that Indianapolis public schools do not care that I was on the air until 2 a.m. My kids have to be at school at 9 a.m. today. So Fair literally, point. this serves as a wake-up call to make sure the Rakestraw children are not tardy this morning. So If the Colts have the toughness of you, Ray. I've had far worse before. We're going to be just fine. How many tardies do you get now in schools? Well, I think it's like there's 180 something days, so I think just shy of 180. Okay, <laughs> okay. I've always um, wondered. Eventually, you get written up. 
<laughs> my my daughter is very much a stickler, and you know we're on like the late bus programs. There are some schools that are open at like seven fifteen, seven thirty, which is insane. My kids both go to two different schools that are like of the nine o'clock variety. So my daughter is there like at eight fifty before every school day. Well, her her next party will be her first. Hmm. My son, if we get him there within like an hour of the school day starting, it's a victory for everybody involved. So. Two very different kids. Rick, we'll certainly get to high school football week two and when start times are going to be tonight and handling all of that heat and humidity. But let's go to last night. General theme of the post game was what? Anthony Richardson looked really good uh, and looked far better than his numbers would indicate. And, and again, was he perfect? No. Um, was was he potentially a, a, a fumble away or Michael Pittman Jr. not recovering a fumble or a potential pick away from having a different Hello. Oh, and Mark left the room too. So Did that's, we lose that, Rick? That, that's not good. Any, that's not good either. There we go, Greg. There we go. We got you. Snap your fingers and your back. I, I, I'm, I'm narcoleptic. I fell asleep. I'm sorry, boys. <laughs> it, just, it just immediately went away. No, I mean, I thought Anthony played very well. Um, again, was it perfect? No. Uh, that was the theme, the fact that if you're on team play the starters, last night was your night playing the entire first half, but I thought that everything is going to be, how did Anthony Richardson look? And again, he didn't look overwhelmed in any way, shape, form, or fashion. He's your guy coming up in 16 days. What did you think of him looking at the crowd and flapping the wings at the Eagles fans? How about that? The best part of it was Zaire Franklin didn't realize it, and so when Lara Overton asked him about this in the post-game show and him being affiliated he's like no 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 don't do that don't do that uh and so you know he chalked it up to have a little fun sayers like hey, hey brother no 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 this is not 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 how we do it around here and you don't want to do that in philadelphia but again the exuberance of youth he is just 21 years of age yeah i, I got no issue with it uh rick all right shifting gears to roster cuts coming up four o'clock on tuesday tight end has been a position that have really i've struggled with and figuring out, okay, how many, who are they going to be, what the depth chart looks like, all of it. you think there's any chance Mo Alley-Cox gets traded for a Mo Alley-Cox equivalent at a position the Colts have less confidence in? I think it's certainly possible. Absolutely. Um, I'm not sure he makes the roster. Um, you know, Jelani Woods has to be there, right? Even though he's not played hardly at all. He's been hurt so much, right? Yeah, he is going to make it, but Rick, he's missed close to a month, I feel like. And maybe you can stash him on Pup. Um, or, or, or you know, on IR, I, I guess, because he had practiced at some point in time during the course of the uh, of the preseason. Ogletree's going to be there. Granson's going to be there. Um, but but you've still got to figure out: is it Mo? Is it Will Mallory? I thought Mallory made a couple Farrell? plays last night. Is, is it Pharaoh Brown? Um, I mean, they've got so many options. So, no, I, I have been of the opinion that it is it is not a foregone conclusion that one of your longest tenured players in Moali Cox may not be on this roster come Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, he is your longest tenured skill player, which is yeah. kind of crazy to think about. Well, that. it's also that's uh, if he makes a team, I guess even if he doesn't, that's going to be a that'd be a poll question or some sort of trivia question that we can put on there. Um, who else do you think helped or hurt themselves last evening, Greg? 
I, believe it or not, even though he didn't make maybe the defensive plays that he has made in in games gone by, Jalen Jones, and it's from one play, and, and if you weren't paying attention, you may not have noticed this. Colts had a punt. Maybe it was the punt in the final minute of, of, the, of the first half where you see like this blue streak chasing the, the, the return man, and it's Jalen Jones because he beat a double team at the gunner position. And that is the biggest worry in terms of special teams because of the season-ending injury to Ashton Doolin last week and of the various skill sets that Doolin has and the fact that he kind of takes up three spots with one roster position, it's the ability to cover punts and be that, that gunner that I think is the thing that was the toughest to replicate for this team. So the fact that Jalen Jones did that, I'm like, all right, put that kid on the team. So, um, you know, Saguna Luby with a, with, with a fumble recovery, he's been just everywhere this year in, in terms of the preseason. He didn't hurt his status at all. Maybe Khalid Kareem gets the last defensive end spot, another pass rush that he had last night. So, again, because the starters played so much last night, I'm not sure there was that guy that said, yep, he's making the team. But but Jones, to a lesser degree, Luby and Kareem, those are the guys that kind of popped to me an evening ago. He is great. Greg Straw, obviously, ISC Sports Network, and we'll get the lowdown on the high school scene here in just a second. Rake, what's the, um, what's the least amount of draft pick compensation you would need to trade Jonathan Taylor? I do believe that someone... Again, knowing that the teams that really would, would want to take him are the ones that feel they're a player away from a Super Bowl being a Super Bowl team. Those that are most likely to be in that group are, say, maybe the you know teams would be like the last four or five in, in the first round. I do think potentially someone would give up a back end of the first round pick to get him. Really? But, Kevin, I still think the bigger issue is not what a team would give up to get Jonathan Taylor. It's is that team going to sign him to an extension and do they feel any differently about what they would pay him than the Indianapolis Colts clearly have a, a, a an issue with paying him on a long-term basis. So, I, I, I again, I, I, I am of the belief that the Colts said, fine, you, you, you want to test the market? You have our permission to go seek a trade. Um, I think it was as much a fact-finding mission to say, "Listen, what we are telling you is not us. We are we are not being uh, we are not trying to be cheap. Um, it, th- this is what the market bears at this point for you. It's not what you're looking for. Go talk to 31 other teams, and you will find out for yourself." Greg Rakestraw joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline, eight o'clock hour, hanging out with you on the Fan. Uh, keeping with JT, did you guys? Guys, ever? I don't know. Did you ever ever think internally last night? Boy, it'd be nice to see this offense with JT because you know. I mean, obviously Chicago, the starters don't play. AR doesn't play. You go back to the Buffalo game. A lot has happened with the Jonathan Taylor stuff since Buffalo uh, to this morning. I know I, I was watching last night, Greg, and I just thought, man, this team—they're gonna, you know, AR is gonna be able to run, and there are some holes for these running backs, right? Man, can you imagine if Jonathan Taylor were running through some of these holes at the offensive line? is creating, I guess for me, I thought that last night for the first time. 
Yeah, I mean, it certainly, it, I'm like, man, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, is, is this a better team with Jonathan Taylor? Of course it is. It's one of the best running backs in, in the game. And you have a quarterback that makes everybody else around him better just because of the possibility of what he can do. Um, that That is the shame in all of this, is that given the rotating – you know, tour of quarterbacks that, that Jonathan has played with. Here's the guy that perhaps can help you the most. Uh, and, and it seems like fate, decisions, et cetera, has conspired to where you no longer want to play here. And, and that's a shame on many levels. Again, Greg Rakeshaw is with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Rake, your destination tonight is where? I am going to Pike High School, which is rare for me. Uh, I think this is the first football game I have done there in the last six years. They have Fishers, and they are one of the handful of schools that has elected not to change their kickoff time. So we are kicking off at, at 7.07 for television purposes as Pike plays host to Fishers, these two teams playing for a 10th consecutive season. So you would say most schools have changed to either 7.30 or 8 o'clock? Most have pushed back to 7.30 or 8, and some of those were proactive and did so, you know, three days ago. Some, you know, kind of announced that yesterday. But I would say the majority are playing at 7.30 or 8 o'clock. Uh, this is a very selfish thing, Greg. I'm going to have to pick your brain. I'm not. Maybe Mark, maybe KB can help me. Uh, I'm going to be moved in probably the weekend after, the first week of that uh, NFL season, weekend of what, September 10th, 11th, and that entire thing. After that, I'm going to pick your brain you need to tell me i need some high school games that i need to be out to okay my man i need that and maybe i need you to introduce me to some people i know you're a big wig you can you know you can give me some vip rooms or something like that hospitality rooms absolutely (laughs) absolutely there is these thing called ticket takers and you can introduce yourself to them and for the low price of seven or eight dollars they will gladly welcome you to any football game across the state of india i can't get a vip badge or something like that what's going on hospitality rooms it's just what hey, you know your Papa John's pizza <laughs> in the press box. Rake, we've got Cathedral Brownsburg on our airwaves. I assume you would consider that to be a pretty good matchup. Very much so. You know, Brownsburg under John Hart has gotten themselves to the point where they are amongst the best teams in the state each and every year. Obviously, Danny O'Neill is amongst the two or three best players in the state of Indiana. Good people look very impressive last week in dispatching of Lafayette Jeff. So did Brownsburg, too, uh, in playing Fort Wayne Bishop Dwinger. But again, both those teams will tell you they're playing a much better level of competition uh, in, in terms of who they have this week. Um, again, for Cathedral, they're always going to be good, too. Danny O'Neill is spectacular. This is not like the Cathedral team of two years ago that lost so many pieces. Um, they just lost some really important pieces. You know, players like Gilbert, uh, as, as well as... Um, Drawn you know, Tibbs, Kendall certainly. On, on, on the defensive line. Obviously, Tibbs and Wooten in terms of what those guys did from a pass-catching standpoint at wide receiver and the tight end position. So it was more along the lines of key pieces they lost off of last year's team. Danny O'Neill's going to make them really good, but tonight we'll have a better idea as to what, what losing of those pieces means against top-flight competition for the Irish. Well, uh, it was a, I think Westfield LC, yeah, Westfield LC. So a couple other games of Correct. note we will uh, touch on here in just a sec. Rake, enjoy Pike Fisher. Stay cool, certainly to everybody out there, high school football wise, and uh, appreciate you uh, in a very short sleep cycle hopping on with us. 
All right, back to bed. Thank you, fellas. That's Greg Rigstar right there, Payless Liquors Hotline. Other games of note tonight here locally, Zionsville at Lebanon, Ron Colley, Franklin Central, Chatards taking on the Titans of Tech, HSC against the Fighting Jake Queries, Greenwood and Indian Creek, Avon at Ben Davis. Nice one on the west side. Can I ask you guys something? This is something I've wanted to get into all week. We've never had a chance to do it. Sure. Can I ask you guys? Because Rakestraw, I feel like, kind of pushed me down, not getting in the hospitality room and getting my free free Diet Coke and pop. What do you want? The red carpet rolled out? What do you want to see here? here, Here's the thing. What's the station protocol for, like, Colts and Pacers games? Is there a little, uh, is there a little, uh, is there, you know, a suite? Is there a box? Tickets available? What's the? I mean, I know a press pass, but I mean, other than a press pass, what is available at the radio station? I, I, I think we did. We used to have a suite. We Mark. used to have a suite. You yeah. know, obviously with the flagship of both Pacers well, and Colts. That's I, the I, reason I, I asked, well, baby. I, Come on. I'm not sure if that is still something that's there. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Uh, you can always ask sales. Let's just say in the what tickets. six years I've been here, I've not experienced suite life at, at Colts or Pacer game. I did um, one time, and it was the Colts Andrew Luck retirement game. Oh, oh boy, brought my dad. Dad, there he's you all go. excited, and then everybody's looking at their phones like, what "The hell is this?" Then you boot him off the. Then yeah. you boot him off the field. account. The yeah. soil now is like face recognition, not to allow you back yeah. back in. So, so like, like I got it. Well, here's what I was thinking. You know, the pacer, the pacer start. There's got to be, there's got to be a sweet night, right? Like I'm the new guy. Don't I get the sweet night? I mean, I got to go to the Colts luncheon. I'm legit. Legit was asking, is there, is there a suite that I can weasel my way into for NBA games? That's basically what I'm asking. I would say if. You can, you'd be the first. Okay, this reeks of desperation yeah. right here, begging for sweet no, life. No, it's it's not begging; it's wondering. It's you know, being the home of the Colts and Pacers. I I didn't know if there was uh, if there was a sweet life to be had. Yeah. You know, a little buffet, a little chicken tender, a little pizza, a little. Uh, I'm just little like free I, beer life or something. What's going on? I don't know. One o'clock Colts kicks. If there's bacon <laughs> in the press box, you got a happy yeah. Kevin. I think, I think you need to rub elbows with Jake Query because. Uh, yeah, he sits very close. Yeah, he's got very good seats. At, at Pacer games mm-hmm. there. Oh, yeah. he's got season tickets? Yeah, he knows the right people. Yeah, he does. Okay, so so he we, he weasels his way in. He doesn't... Well, he well. doesn't. Well, no, that's fine. I'm fine with that. You, you can guys, make the argument a significant other puts up with a lot. and Yeah, yeah. Guys, I... He allows him to come with him. I yes. have went many, many years not paying for sporting events, weaseling my way into Sweet Life's, uh, way too good of seats for the Final Four, uh, way too good of seats for fill-in-the-blank. Like, this is something that matters to me. That's what I'm saying. And if it can happen, I'm going to be the one that finds it. I'm going to take a selfie in a suite. It's going to bother both of you. Three practices <laughs> upcoming for the It'll Colts. It'll be at the Brownsburg <laughs> Cathedral game tonight at around 8.30. Eddie Garrison's oh, going to hook me up. Brownsburg's at Ledge Department. They, they, they honestly might have sweet life out there. Uh, Sunday, Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday. Those are the three practices for the Colts this upcoming week. I, I know the Jonathan Taylor trade situation is obviously the dominant storyline. No chance Taylor's practicing Sunday before a 4 o'clock deadline. Uh, So that means it shifts to Wednesday and Thursday. And then after that, it's week one prep for the Jags. I know that that... You know, hey, where's he at health wise? How much practice time does he need to be ready for week one? That storyline has now been pushed to the back burner. It's Mm -hmm. all about the trade. But that's still relevant. If you get to Tuesday at 4 o'clock and all of a sudden he's still here, that is next uh, on the agenda. Again, Nate Atkins, who was in Philly last night for the Indianapolis Star, said that uh, he spotted... Taylor heading to the buses after the game. 
So he was in the building. I know Amazon never found yeah, it. I, I just it's can't believe it. It's pretty rare that. for you know, a TV network like that yeah. not to find you know, Usually they're like, oh, we'll get an owner boost shot. Or, it's a preseason game, yeah, too. We'll find Jackson Mahomes or whoever. Um, I was a little surprised we didn't see JT on <laughs> camera. Jackson Mahomes. It took me a second. What is that? What player is he talking? Is that an offensive lineman? I don't know. Yes. If you can find Jackson Mahomes in the crowd, certainly on the sideline in a two-score game in the preseason, you can find... You you can find Jonathan Taylor. Uh, by the way, also looking at, uh, I'm looking at now the Indy star, Joel A. Erickson has his roster cuts as well. So I'm, I'm trying to transcribe and go through all of this. I think I'm a, I think I'm a six wide receiver, four tight end guy. On this time, uh, on this, isn't that something we've been talking about a lot? Yeah, I, I, guess, I am not. I am. I know you I think are. My latest. If I'm not mistaken, did I do five wideouts, five tight ends? I Okay, well, I'm going to have to look here. I have way too many pages open uh, with you, and we'll get to this next segment. You and Holder, I think one of the, I think one of the battles here is going to be who's going to be the final wide receiver. Yeah, and I, I think that's going to be the battle. Yeah, here. you got the four that I think we all assume: Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, Isaiah McKenzie, Josh Downs. That fifth wideout, one with Jawan Winfrey. I mean, to your point, you might as well just throw a dart at the board there. Um, the reason why, and I know this is a little bit kind of roster cut in depth thing. Five tight ends, and I brought up to Greg Rakestraw, do you trade Mo Alley-Cox for the equivalent of another position? You know, the Mo Alley-Cox on the O-line or the Mo Alley-Cox at, you know, corner, safety, something like that, running back. Um, I kept five tight ends because, to me, I think if you were to cut one of them, Especially because there are a lot of draft picks. Mallory was a fifth round well, draft. That's pick. That's a good point. You know, yeah. Ogletree was a well, Woods was is a, injured. Was, yeah. was a draft pick. Woods is obviously a draft pick. Those are harder to sneak through. I look at a guy like, and he's got a crazy name, so maybe he would show up on a waiver wire and people would be like, "It sounds like British royalty." Arlington Hambright a, on the offensive great, line. It's such a great name. I'm like, isn't he a little easier to sneak to the practice squad than a Will Mallory or Drew Ogletree? That's some of my line of thinking with that. But again, that Danny Pinter injury from last night. If you look at it right now, we'll see what the status is with Pinter. Carted off, ankle injury. Obviously, you hope it's sprained more than broken. If you look at the depth right now on that offensive line, the names Carter O'Donnell. Blake Freeland, Arlington Hambright. I would put those as the first three depth guys, okay? Carter O'Donnell, Andy, mm-hmm. you've played as many defensive snaps or offensive snaps in the NFL as him. Blake Freeland, you've played as many offensive snaps in the NFL as him. And Arlington Hambright, seventh round pick who hasn't played an offensive snap in the NFL since 2020. That's six, seven, eight on your O line, and you see it last night. Just one little roll up. I know, and I there was part I know. of me, and I know hindsight's twenty twenty. But I'm thinking, boy, if Danny Pinter's your sixth offensive lineman, do you really need to see him out there? He just played the whole first half. He started last night without Ryan Kelly. Um, again, I know hindsight is super twenty twenty, but uh, that was a question I have. So six, seven, eight right now on your O line. If Pinter's going to miss time, two dudes that have never played in the NFL, and then. 
Arlington Hambright. I mean, don't you have to feel like that's where they go with one of these waiver moves is the offensive line, yeah. especially with the injury last night? I mean, don't you think that concretes it, that they'll be they'll add somebody who, you know, I don't know who that's going to be, but they'll add somebody sure. to this roster on the offensive line? Again, we'll say this a lot between now and Tuesday afternoon. They are fourth in the waiver wire because they stunk so bad last season. It goes off of where you finished last year, the early waiver wire priorities. So, for example... And there's 1,100 guys that are get cut. The Eagles will cut, you know, whatever 90 minus 53, 37 guys that they are going to cut. And the Colts will have the fourth waiver priority in trying to claim those players. Some players of note in recent years: Jack Doyle. I guess if you go back a decade ago from the Titans, Kenny Moore from the Patriots, Pierre Desir uh, had a nice little run here as well. So they found. Some notable names in these waiver claims, and this year they have a much higher one than they typically. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Do. Up call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, it is a Friday. Get you into the weekend. We got you to 10 o'clock. Wake up call. Andy Sweeney, that's me. Kevin Bowen, that's him. Mark Dykton hanging out with you producing today's effort. Appreciate Greg Rakestraw joining us uh, in the 8 o'clock hour. Reminder, podcast 107.5 The Fan. Uh, you can catch the podcast. Apple, you know, wherever you get your podcasts, you can catch us. Appreciate you uh, listening, watching on the YouTube, the breakfast bar, if you will. I don't know what we're going to call it. That may not be it. Uh, and we appreciate you. A couple different things. Thanks. Reminder, coming up tonight, 7.30, Cathedral, Brownsburg. Um, my man, Eddie G. Eddie Garrison will have that. Cannot wait Mark, we got to wager on that. Mark is a Brownsburg resident. Oh, Andy, nice. And I, we uh, have a line on it? And I we am a should. Cathedral grad. You want a six Are we allowed to bet beer on high school's athletics? We're adults. We can. Well, if you can bet money, you can bet beer. Yeah, yeah. six-pack, Mark. Okay. Good luck. Deal. Money line? There we go. Is there a line on the game? No, just winner. <laughs> Yeah, That's if you're really con- a if you're degenerate con- ask- question. Is is there a line on the high school? There has oh, been man. a time where I've pulled Greg Rakestraw aside at a Thanksgiving week yeah. Colts practice yeah, and said, fellas. I need lines on the six high school football fellas, games. Fellas, he needs to bring you game. to like a padded room. No, there's people, people, Mark, people gamble on high school uh, oh, high school football. Uh, is it, does it mean you're a degenerate? Probably. Yeah. Are some of our listeners same, and maybe same, myself yeah, a degenerate? I say, well, I can, the I, same I, people that, be, that bet on the Pro Bowl and whatnot. Oh, man. I can raise my hand. Yeah, I, I listen. I, I will. You can shame me all you want. I don't mind talking about lines for Cathedral Brownsburg at seven thirty tonight. Notre Dame cover okay? tomorrow, twenty and a half. Yes, Navy. yes. Mm-hmm. The Navy line always worries me. Does Navy still run the offense that they've always well, ran? It, you know, or coach, is it different? Coach Ken, as Brian Kelly used to always call him, Niamatololo. Yeah. Am I close on that? Yeah, good, yes, good enough. Uh, uh, he's gone now. Yeah. So they, they actually have, a, I think, Appalachian State or I don't know, Kennesaw State, I don't know. Brought in a new coordinator. It sounds like they might actually throw it, which I feel like is a... The academy should always run it, the triple option. <laughs> Listen, I'm with you. By I have way, no problem with that. We're going to get these Colts roster cuts. Real quick, college football... 
Isn't there a rule change this year now where the clock isn't stopping after every first down? Yeah. Uh, Which I love. Yeah. These college football games take way too long. They're four-hour games. Well, plus, I mean, like, I've always, my biggest problem has been, like, I get not everything is going to be like college basketball, the NBA, college football, and the NFL. It may not all be the same, but, like, the one foot having to be down for a touchdown in college and stopping the clock after the first downs, I don't understand why that's different in college than the NFL. I've always wondered that. Even when I was a kid, I wondered, why is this different? I'm so excited to watch Notre Dame more. God. What's the scene? In the Bowen household well, when Notre Dame's on. Maddie running out of the room right Hopefully before Max will be asleep for a nice two-hour nap. And Rosie Bowen's favorite song right now, organically, Maddie Bowen can call in and confirm her favorite song right now is the Notre Dame fight song. <laughs> in a very organic manner. I'm it sure. happened to be played one time. She loves it. She's got a green pom-pom. She dances to it. Okay. She's ready to go. Okay. Not Coco Melon or no, no, Bluey not, or anything? No, nothing along those lines. I've heard about this damn Bluey, by the way. She also likes This Is Me and Greatest Showman, which is a terrific song as well. Bluey, uh, Bluey, Mark and I stamp of approval, right, Mark? Yes, Bluey's. Yeah, this is what I've heard. The Bluey's like, it's a children's show, but adults can stomach it. Mm -hmm. What's the guy with the hat? Blippy. I want to punch him in the face. No Blippy, no Ryan's World. Bluey's good, but Ryan's World and Blippy bad. Went to Bluey at Old National over in your neck of the woods where your Airbnb's at right now. So, yeah, uh, Bluey, yes, Blippy. No, no. God, no. Speaking of Mass Mass Avenue last night, they had the things that go up and down the street where the people drink the beer, the peddler, you know, oh, you peddle bars. Oh, I've never goodness. been on one of those. No, me either. I, I, you know what? The show needs to. I have not either. I can't believe that all three of us are sitting here and not been a part of we one should of do those. A show pedal bars. What you're saying? No, it's just all. Woo! We should broadcast the show from a pedal bar. That's fine. Let's uh, go engineering. Listeners jump on. Yeah, and get a Comrex out there. We'll be good like, to go. I feel like everybody that does a pedal bar <laughs> thinks they're the first ones to ever do it. Like. Woo! Look at us. It's like, yeah, okay. Get I, out of the way. I, I do have to laugh a few times when you see him in the pouring down rain. I'm like, oh my god. Like, go do something else. Like, I know you paid for it. You prepaid for it. But go do something else. Greg Rakestraw type toughness there on the pedal bar. <laughs> Absolutely is. Do you want... Okay, so I was just looking uh, because, this, listen, this could be a laborious task here as we go through all of this. But you Great have, SAT word. You like that? That's, uh, that's, my, that's my $10 word for the day here on the fan. Uh, and by the way, we can get a couple calls in. 239-1070 as well. Okay, so you have um, your 53-man roster cut projection. I've got it up on the website right now. You'll probably update that maybe if you feel differently on Monday or on Sunday night or something else. Certainly the Danny Pinter injury is going to play into that. Yeah, and we'll find out more about that. So uh, you have yours up. Joel, uh, Joel, and by the way, Joel Erickson, is it Joel A? You guys put, do you always put, throw the I, A in? Because you have, I've noticed. I try to, yeah. yeah, yeah respectfully. Yeah, okay, yeah. so that's something he likes then. Uh-huh. I believe so, yes. Uh-huh. Okay, so Joel A, uh, a. Erickson of the Indy Star and then Stephen Holder at ESPN.com. And, and I, what, I think the four positions uh, that you guys kind of have a little bit different is... Offensive line, Holder had Hambright, you had O'Donnell, okay? Uh, O'Donnell started last night at right guard, so that's why I went with him. Sure. Um, Linebacker, uh, Holder has five, you have six, okay? Doman, I believe, is the one addition that you had. And then it looks like that final wide receiver spot and perhaps cornerbacks, how many? Now, you and Holder, I believe, have corners the same 
both of you have them keeping six guys there. I believe Erickson had just five. No, he had seven corners. He's got Tony he's Brown. Got Tony, Tony yeah, Brown. he's got Tony Brown making the team. So it looks like last corner, offensive line, a spot there, final wide receiver, and then the difference, are you going to keep five or six linebackers? Looking at it, you know, over the last few breaks, that kind of is where the differences are. But obviously, the meat of the roster, um, you guys have the same. I think for me, just because the skill positions are always the sexy uh, positions, the the final wide receiver, Will Winfrey make it? You had him. That's kind of you know who I thought yeah, would make I, it I as well. I did not have Mike Strawn. Strawn didn't play last night. I, I don't know if that hip, groin, whatever he hurt in that Bears joint practice is still impacting him at all. Um, but he just doesn't play special teams. So I, I, I cut him. I put Juwan Winfrey, who's got a little special teams history. But as I said earlier in the show, dart at a dartboard for that for that fifth wide out. I mean, yeah, I, I got no idea. Is on anyone that. passionate about that final spot? Like, well, are, like I, are the fans passionate about who makes that? I guess. I mean, Strawn is always the intriguing. Right. He's six five, because he's tall, cool kid. He Randy Moss catches balls in practice, um, and Ashton Doolin. I mean, to be fair, that's why we're we. That's we are, why we are where we are. Right, we are debating this. You know, to me, some of the dilemmas that I had. Again, I'll go back to wideout and tight end. I'm keeping five tight ends. That's probably a high number, but I think those. Uh, the reason I keep that many is because I think you've got some draft pick talent that would be harder to sneak through the waiver wire. Offensive line, again, the Danny Pinter injury is going to be one to watch. Just laid out in the previous segment. You, I mean, it's got to be the most inexperienced depth, depth group in the entire NFL behind your starting five. Um, Arlington Hambright is certainly a name that, that should be kept in mind and if you keep nine or you know if Pinter's out and then you keep eight, uh, he'll be some, somebody to watch. Linebacker and corner, um, I think I even mentioned there in my analysis, if you will, of the linebacker position. I said I might be, uh, you know, Doman is probably the the, the question mark here. Um, I had Grant Stewart. For those unfamiliar, Stewart's number forty-one with the hair. He's always flying around. <laughs> He's got, I think, he does have the hair. Al Michaels dropped last night. A uh, trust me, his last name's Stewart because you can't see the nameplate on the back of the jersey. <laughs> Seguna Luby is a big hitter, number fifty. I kept him as well. The debate there would come down to again special teams value and how you view. I could definitely see Tony Brown at corner as a seventh guy. I went extra linebacker. You could go extra corner. So I think those are some of the debates you have. But Andy, when you get to 4 o'clock Tuesday and there's 1,100 guys that are hitting the open market with every team having to cut 37, running back, wide out, O-line, corner, maybe even safety in some order. Those are the five that I'm watching as waiver wire areas. Okay, so I guess I would say, unless there's a guy out there that is a surprise cut and he just pops and you say, oh, you got to try to go get that guy, right? I mean, we don't know what the names right. are going sure, to be. Sure. And, yeah, and we had this guy high on our yeah, draft board. Yeah, there, could, we be, didn't see him come, yeah, there yeah. could be a wide receiver or a corner that's like, yo, this guy's just, it's too good, it's too much value to bring him in. I, I'm all, I guess, I'm all for that. One thing that, you know, you see this, listen, the, it's like if you come up with the, and I think I've done this a couple times, the Ten Commandments of football doesn't the and it's at the first commandment. It's probably second or third have to be offensive line and because Anthony Richardson's new and because of all of the Jonathan Taylor stuff, the depth at offensive line. I think that's the number one worry for me. 
Is that fair if no, I say no, that? No, I think that's, uh, yeah. To, to, to me, if the offensive line is is injured, if the offensive line can't play, you know, and you don't have Jonathan Taylor doing, you know, uh, alien-type things that he can do, and you have running backs that, hey, here's a four-yard run, and they can get that three-and-a-half, four yards, to me it's a big deal there, and it's a huge deal for Anthony Richardson having a clean pocket, uh, how they call plays if they're going to have to roll out more to give him some more time. Uh, to me, just everything starts with that offensive line. So unless there's somebody at wide out, cornerback, something like that, KB, that just pops to me, to me, offensive line, I always go offensive line, which is why, you know, Matt Miller, I don't know if you guys know him, Matt Miller of ESPN put out a mock draft. Yeah, and, and, we've had him on before. Yeah, I'm sure you have it. And he's, um, uh, you know, he he had he he had basically, I think, in his latest mock draft. I meant to bring this up yesterday. He had the Colts taking an offensive lineman, you know, being right there, you know, as one of the teams, and I've seen that as being an offensive lineman as well. So, you know, to me, and they would not have as bad of a record to get Marvin Harrison Jr. That's the point there. Uh, if he goes number two or three, uh, but to me, I, I think I'm all about offensive line yeah. and Jonathan Taylor as we get ready for Tuesday. And I'll go back to what I said in the previous segment, Andy, if Danny Pinter's out for a substantial period of time, right now, if I had to pencil in six, seven, eight on your O-line, two of those guys have never played a snap in the NFL, and the other guy hasn't played a snap since 2020. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were moments <laughs> You're leaving last, me speechless. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, there were moments last night, even with a you know, backup defense that Anthony Richardson was steer, staring at defenders right in his face. And God bless his athletic gifts because he's able to escape and Houdini like that. Boy, the other thing with Richardson, if you're a team and you play man defense against them and you don't have a spy, good luck. Right. I mean, you're going to have to spy him. Oh, every time. Yeah. Every time. Sean asks, um, Kevin, we're fourth on the waiver list. Does that mean we can claim as many people in that fourth spot or we get to claim one and then order keeps going? You can claim as many people as you want, but you've got to cut people to obviously make room for them. So in 2017, the Colts claimed five guys. They added five to their 53-man roster. You remember the well, five? That makes 58. They had to cut five. Boy. <laughs> I'm quizzing you. Yeah. Well, you were looking at me. I, I, I thought he's going to know the five. I was setting you up to be a hero there. I apologize. I know those five, Matty Bowen might say, boy. Get a life? Yeah. <laughs> to know the uh, five waiver wire additions. Kenny Moore, certainly. I'm going to look it up now. Kenny Moore, Pierre Desir. I, I don't know. If you told me positions, maybe I could try and guess. But yes, you. it's not like you go back to 32, Sean. In the in the waiver order, so let's say they waive Stephen Morris. Mark, insert random Chicago Bear. Uh, DJ Moore. DJ Moore gets cut, which you know that's probably not the best. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll go <laughs> Tevin Jenkins. Best example. Tevin <laughs> Jenkins gets cut. Basically, what happens is, and I guess the Bears aren't the best example because they're first in the waiver claim. Mm-hmm. The Bears, do you want to claim him? No, you don't. Okay, who's number two on the list? Texans, do you want to claim him? No. Okay, three is what was it? Arizona was that who I was three that's last right, year? Yeah. They they would go, and then Indianapolis. And if the Colts want Tevin Jenkins, they put a claim in. If one, two, and three didn't claim him, boom, you get him, and then the next player happens. So. Um, you obviously put in your waiver claims as these teams. It sounds like a very long process, but 
Uh, I believe the number, Andy, is 1184. 1,184 players that will be cut by. I need to remember that. That needs to be Tuesday, that needs to be a question four. that we can throw. 1184. Kenny Moore was one. Guard, uh, Ian Silberman. Oh, God. Wide receiver, Matt uh, Hazel Hazel played at Miami. Nothing. Defensive back, Pierre Desire. Okay, so okay, Desire remember him? Desire, Desire. Running back, Matt Jones. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, so there you go. You one, should not have remembered any of those. One huge hit and Kenny Moore. One, I would say, Pierre Desire had a really nice couple-year run here. And then the other three, yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, all right, your reaction from last night. Five words or less. We'll go over some of those fan tweets and get back into what we saw from Anthony Richardson. How would you rate a performance that if you look in a box score, it's not going to impress you very much? We'll touch on that here coming up on the other side. The Wake Up Call, KB and Andy.